We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick, and with me today, one of my usual every other Tuesday co-hosts, the woman, the myth, the legend, it's Janelle Mackey. Janelle, how are you doing today? Well, I'm just trying not to laugh as you're doing your intro because I can hear sirens behind you as if like we're about to record this apocalyptic episode based on everything that's been happening, which it's been pretty fitting. But yeah, you know, coming off of a loss and I think this is the best I've ever felt after a loss, just given the circumstances like I I didn't go into yesterday, you know, obviously I'm overly optimistic, but at the end of the day, the Packers are still in a really good position. We got to see Jordan Love, kind of just some other guys step up in the absence of Aaron Rodgers. So I think there was a lot of it, it wasn't the prettiest game, but there's still a lot of good that I think comes out of a game like that. So, you know, it's it 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 always sucks to lose, but I don't feel it, you know, obviously week one, that was just a horrible loss where this it's it's kind of a, a shrug off loss almost for me. Yeah, like this really was, I and it's it sounds, it really does sound, I recognize what it sounds like of trying to like explain away a loss or like, you know, do the whole like, I'm not owned, you, you didn't own me, I'm not owned, you know, kind of thing. But mm-hmm. like, it really was the perfect scenario to have Jordan Love come in because you won the Thursday night game against the Cardinals. So you're sitting atop the NFC conference as a whole seven and one. And now you get, and you got enough, you had enough leeway time to get the three top wide receivers back healthy for this game. You did lose Aaron Rodgers, but it's against a beat up Kansas city team that could have easily trounced you Mm. if they were, if they were playing at the level that they typically do. And not just that, but again, it's an, it's an AFC opponent and it's not even just your AFC opponent but it's the 18th game that or the 17th game that got added on to this season like they weren't even right. supposed to play Kansas City this year this, this is a bonus game right this is literally the bonus game and so if there was any game where you came out and played like this or had to have Jordan Love start this is kind of the most ideal situation and not not super ideal because you're playing in Arrowhead which we saw prove to be a lot for the offense and Jordan love as a whole, but it it really was a a perfect storm of just all of that together. Like you're still sitting very close to the top of the NFC as a whole, because shout out Titans and Broncos for doing their stuff on on Sunday. Stafford, you know, the lions aren't playing, but he's still out there helping us on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, so yeah, like it was, it really was just kind of a weird game of going in, taking things as they come, not expecting a whole lot. 
really just kind of sitting back and mm -hmm. treating it like it, it felt like a preseason game almost, you know, not obviously not in the same sense. Cause you know, you're still invested in, like you said, you never want to go in expecting to lose or wanting to lose, but it really didn't for me. I wasn't sitting here being like, Oh, we can't lose this game. It's Aaron. Like if it was Aaron Rodgers, it's a completely different feeling. Right. You know what absolutely. I mean? Yeah. So I yeah, I think, um, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head with all those circumstances. And then plus as we're recording this, uh, Monday Night Football is kicking off, and even if the Bears win, which we don't know as we record this if they will or not, but the Packers will still be three spots ahead in the North. Right. So they potentially, if the Bears lose, they're still four games ahead. So that's you're sitting pretty pretty nicely up there, and at the yeah, halfway I, point of the season. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, end of week nine, and you have potentially a four point lead in your division mm -hmm. that's not bad so yeah I think all things considered yeah this was kind of one of those games where they they still had everything they needed to be able to win this game so it's kind of a if they win that's awesome but if they lose everything is going to be okay and even though there was a lot of really ugly things that happened which we will probably talk about oh, with yeah. our stock up stock down it's still there was a lot of good too and this was just kind of one of those weird games where you know, we don't know if this is going to be the squad we see next week or if Aaron Rodgers will be back. So there's just a lot of mystery right now. But I do think that, you know, a lot of people, you know, naturally expect like like we expected people overreacting, already talking about, you know, should they give up on love? And it's just like all these ridiculous headlines we knew we would see. But realistically, I think a lot of it is the Chiefs should have probably blown this team out of the water. And they didn't. And I think that needs to be more in the conversation. You know, Patrick Mahomes, former league MVP, mm -hmm. Super Bowl MVP. Like, why is he with Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Williams played really well. Why is he with that offense not stomping, like, any of these teams? So I think it's, you know, Jordan Love is taking a lot of heat. But, you know, you've got to look at the other side of this game, too. And kind of look at like what are, what is the superstar offense not doing? So I think just being Jordan Love, he's going to get a lot of those headlines. But there is many many other guys and a whole other team that also played in this game. Yeah, exactly. And I think it goes again like just you can't you can't take a single game sample size no and extrapolate it into anything. This, like, look at the entire NFL as a whole up to this point. If you take a single game snapshot of any random game, tells you absolutely nothing about what is going on around the team, around the NFL as a whole. Like, it, like you just can't do that. And that, outside of our stock up, stock down, that's the thing that I wanted to highlight the most is I just cannot get over Packer fans who are coming out and saying, well, he's clearly a bust. You expect him to make these throws. You expect him to read these defenses. Like, buddy, go – the uh, the YouTube – I forget the – I think it's J, JT O'Sullivan, I think is his name, does the QB school oh, on yeah. YouTube. You can check Andy Herman's page. I know he put it yeah. on his Twitter. Please, please, I saw a bunch of Packer people tweeting it out. It was great. Like, go look at the – go look at how poorly – he was protected in scheme, oh, yeah. in scheme and just the offensive line blocking as a whole. It was not good. Like it was so there were part there were parts that it was like I could not believe an offensive line, especially the Packers offensive line, was blocking the way that they did. It really it there were times where Jordan Love did not have a chance. Mm -mm. to do anything. And so to come out and it was, as it was anyone to the point where I thought that the Chiefs were offsides because it was just that. Right. Yeah. Like it looked that bad. They were timing like, no, that well. just, they're just not protecting. And it, it looks like he's offsides because right. he's just going untouched so fast. And that's, yeah, it, it did not look great. So I mean, just, Jordan Love for only getting sacked once. Seriously though. Like it just, to come out and say that he's a bust or to say that, you know, this is like, this proves that he'll never be anything. It literally, like, I hate to be this kind of gatekeep person, but it literally shows how little football you truly understand and know to say that because well, and it's, 
Yeah, you just sorry, can't. I'll let you finish it's point. impossible. It's impossible to say that after one game. And like you, you keep talking about like one game, one game. It's like everybody who was overreacting after that Saints game, and then they go win seven straight. One Thank game you. is one game, and realistically, I think the Packers' offense only had the ball for thirty-one minutes. So that's thirty-one minutes of real NFL football right. for Jordan Love. So. I mean, it it really is a small sample size. It's his first game. He's in a really tough environment. It's not like he was at home where, you know, if he does have to suit up for Seattle, he's at Lambeau. It'll be a lot different. It's just, you know, 30 minutes with the ball and people already want to write him off. Figure Like, it's, it's just so bizarre to me. Like, why can't we just have conversations about Jordan Love and not have to figure out the entirety of the next 15 years of his life in doing so? We don't have to do that, guys. We can right. just talk about this game as it was. Because the, the thing is, the thing is, like, if you are calling Jordan Love a bust now, the odds are that you are going to be correct. If you call, if you say, if you say anyone's career is in the NFL is probably not going to pan out to be, you know, an all-time great, you're you're probably going to be right because the odds mm-hmm. are in your favor. But why would you want to say that now instead of just instead of waiting and actually and and doing it in a way that's backed by actual fact and and proven and not just because you're pissed off that Aaron Rodgers didn't play on Sunday you know right and it it also is unfair to Jordan Love you know coming right. out and having to fill the biggest shoes in the NFL in Aaron Rodgers and obviously expectations for Packers fans when they watch a quarterback are really high because you know go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers we've been really lucky at least in our lifetime, um, just kind of never having to really know. You know, there's a couple years where there's obviously injuries that occur and all that stuff. But it's like Jordan Love is he he kind of is in this this kind of position that he had never asked for. You know, since getting drafted, before even taking the snap on Sunday, everybody was already writing him off, and they all thought they had these opinions on him and all these stories. It's like some people just want to make, you know, they want to try and justify all the things that they felt since April 2020 or whatever it was. And I, I just feel bad for him because some people just are not giving him a chance. And realistically, yeah, he didn't have this superstar game, but did we really expect him to? Probably not. I mean, some of us, it would have been fun, but realistically we weren't going out there thinking he was going to throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns. So I think, he had an adequate enough performance where, you know, you can see potential, but you also see where the growing pains are and right. where he needs to work. And for it being his first game, I I don't, you know, there's so many players where if you were to write them off after their first game, they would have never had a career. You yeah. know, so many great athletes would have been done by the time they were 24 if people thought that the first even year of someone's career I mean we see it every every single season with young quarterbacks who come in right out of college get thrown into a situation and they don't succeed Jordan Love I really like the way that he kind of has this chance to sit and kind of learn and now he's kind of been able to get thrown into it after sitting and watching and I think that that benefits him to an extent and also he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers on the sideline in this situation he's really just kind of being thrown out there without anybody to really give him that true quarterback advice. I mean, you have Blake Bortles, but he's not familiar with the way that things work in Green Bay. So I think for Jordan Love to really go out there as the true, the true quarterback one and just kind of have to take the reins, I think a lot of props have to be given to him. Yeah, also, even worse than the people calling Jordan Love a bust were the people at halftime saying, just like, screw it, put Blake Bortles in the game. I've seen enough, put Blake Bortles in. You're an idiot. I'm going yeah. to that straight up no sugarcoating it. You're an absolute idiot if you wanted to put Blake Bortles into this game for any other reason than Jordan Love's health. I, that's that's all I have to say. And you mentioned it like you mentioned Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now Jordan Love. Packer fans to an extent, and and, I, and I'm going to keep going on this because I, I was I was kind of on the fence about this, but I've I've worked myself into a lather enough <laughs> now that one of my stock ups is Jordan Love. After this game, I, I do. I put Jordan Love into this category and here's why, because Packer fans 
we are completely spoiled and i don't think people realize that we realize like oh like you know we we're pretty grateful having these you know we got back-to-back hall of fame quarterbacks that's pretty great but then like the instant the instant that it is a step down from that people lost their absolute minds and it's like guys you need to realize like the chances of getting a hall of fame quarterback are slim to none and we got damn lucky getting two of them back to back it's like we've stayed now two nights at the ritz carlton five star luxury <laughs> hotel and the third night we're gonna have to stay at the Westin. the like, like you know the, the like still a decent it's a pretty decent hotel it's not the five star but it's it's a decent enough hotel we're not at the red roof inn here like it's just a step down and it, it is okay to go into a season without a hall of fame quarterback. Do you know how many teams go into seasons and win Super Bowls and have Super Bowl caliber teams without hall of fame quarterbacks? It happens all the time. Look at Matt Stafford and the Rams. He's not a hall of famer. They have a chance. Joe Flacco, Jared Goff. I can go down the list. Jimmy Garoppolo. You can win a Super Bowl without a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's okay to not have the best quarterback in the league every single year. Yesterday or Sunday proved that you can do that. Jordan Love put this team into scenarios to score points and win the game. Other parts of the team let that team down. Looking at you, field goal team all the way through the whole entire game special teams really just in general but but you can argue jordan love put them into the position to win those games he got them into field goal range he got them there and gave them the chance to kick makeable field goals for mason crosby and so to say that he was a bust or to say that he didn't play he he didn't play a superb game he played a good game it's the nfl it's hard to play in the nfl and it's hard to play in the statistically proven loudest football stadium in the world that's my that's the end of my rant i'm not on i'm not saying i'm fully on board with everything jordan love all i'm saying is he trended upwards yesterday especially towards the end and regardless of the outcome he's a stock up because now he got playing experience in the Mm -hmm. nfl and that's what yesterday was about yeah i I truthfully agree. I was either, you know, neutral on him or positive. I wasn't, I didn't think anything really declined with him. And also you make a lot of really good points, but a lot of people also are discrediting him because the chiefs have a bad defense. That may be true. They have a back, a bad backfield, you know, DBs and stuff like that, but they were throwing everything, but the kitchen sink at Jordan love, you know, 28 pressures. He had the offensive line underperformed. He really had, minimal time to get rid of that ball or figure out what he was going to do and he really did the best that he could given you know it's his first game and trying to figure things out and just kind of you know he he didn't really have time to dip his toes he just kind of had to dive right in in this game so I think just given all that pressure too and to be able to still put up 190 yards and a touchdown and you know that interception it wasn't a bad interception I didn't think I think that you know that's kind of one of those 50 50 balls where Adams that's a that's a ball that Adams could catch but Snead made a good play and what can you do with that so I think and he also had 20 some rushing yards just scrambling and everything and he he just he never gave up on the plays and I think that's kind of one of the reasons stock up for me too because he had this relentless mentality where it was you know I see the guys coming they're dragging on me but I'm not going to go down. I'm going to try and figure out a way to get some kind of yards on this. You know, that play to Mercedes where I don't even know how he did what he did. You know, it's just one of those things where I don't know how he saw him and how that play was able to come into formation. But it's just he was doing so much and he was doing a lot of really gritty work that you have to just give him a lot of that credit because he he was put into situations where he could have easily kind of just curled up and taken the sack or just gone down and got the negative yards. So I think that that's also important too. Just you, we got to see a lot of that mindset from him and he showed more, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get it done instead of, 
oh, I made a mistake. Oh, they're coming after me. I'm just going to kind of keel over. So I think that was really important to see from him too. And I really liked that. Yeah. The the poise I think was, mm-hmm. was huge. I saw somebody post literally that they didn't like how calm he was the entire game. Literally and pointed out, not even after scoring a touchdown, show some emotion, Jordan. I don't like to see this. Like, dude, the guy is probably crapping a brick right now. He is, <laughs> he is, he is being, he is being chased down by Frank Clark or who's, uh, who's the uh, Clark. I can't remember. I'm spaced on the first name, but you've got Clark, you've got Teron Matthew. Like, and, and as you said, there were some times where the guy was, he was, he wasn't even out of his drop yet. And there was someone in his face mm-hmm. already at that point. Like he he had he had no opportunities, and there was there's no chance really for a check down, you're or hot routes or anything. You haven't practiced a full week with these guys, the start with the starters. You're in a loud environment where you're already on a silent count because of how quiet or how loud it is. Like, what do you expect him to be doing out there? Like do, you know, doing the little uh, smoking the joint thing that Rogers would do, you know, to, like, like that, that stuff, that stuff takes years, yeah. years of practice and just running plays. Like this is the best, this is the experience you need right now to get to that level. And so without these growing pains, you're, he's never going to get, he's never gonna have the opportunity to get to that level, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, stock down on some of those fans who were belittling people for being excited for Jordan Love scoring a touchdown just because they, like, oh, well, they still lost. Okay, well, hold that same standard then when you have the MVP quarterback coming out. Like, it's his first game. You yeah. you guys need to relax. Like, I'm going to be excited for him. He's going out there, and he scored his first NFL touchdown. Of course I'm going to be excited for him. Like, why are you coming at me on in my mentions trying to say, you know, well, he's still not playing very good and stuff like that. Like, I just – it's mind-boggling the way that – the negativity just overtakes some people sometimes where they can't even enjoy the little things. Like it's still football Sunday. Be excited about things that are happening. Like I I don't understand. It's the first season where fans are back in the stands and you're finding, you are going out of your way to find ways to be upset about watching a football game. Take a step back and think about, what is going on in your life right Speaking now? Speaking of fans in the stands, stock down to whoever put Jordan Love's mom though. and girlfriend basically on the rim of the stadium. <laughs> My gosh, I don't know who I don't know who is responsible for that because I swear if Jordan Love is the one buying those tickets, he's probably buying seats closer. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Here is the thing. They may have requested those because you know if if. If you're down in the middle of a lot of people and someone finds out that you are Jordan Love's mom and girlfriend, I like I have a feeling that, you know, it may have it may have been a little column A, a little column B where they decided (laughs) maybe we just we're here. We can still see everything. We're still experiencing all of it. But we don't need to. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's. (laughs) I I just couldn't believe that shot. Like the cameraman. I wonder how long it It took. It was just. (laughs) It was very purposefully where they started in the middle and then made their way up to show how far up the camera was panning to find those two. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was just. You know, I don't know. I would love to know the circumstances as to why they were sitting up there. Yeah. But yeah, if it's if it was their choice, then that's fine. But if this is somebody just not taking care of your own or kind of just, you know, I know I, I read so many things where I don't even know whose responsibility it was for those tickets. I've read that Packers get a certain amount of um, tickets for friends and family kind of thing. And that's where they had other people closer up and they put them back there or the Chiefs are in charge, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. But or maybe Jordan Love, whatever. But if somebody outside of those three, outside of Jordan Love, his mom and girlfriend, said they wanted them up there, shame on you. Because <laughs> my God, I just it's yeah. it's comical. At it that was point. a great like, visual. It really was a good visual. Like and they're like, literally <laughs> touching the sky. <laughs> they're so far back. I mean, like you're back enough that like you could literally peer over the side of the stadium and right. see down into the parking lot. Like that's 
yeah, it's it's that's it was it was just a really it was just a great visual gag at the beginning of the game, and I'm like, huh, like this feels like an omen of some kind. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um. All right. So we've 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 done everything, Jordan Love. Now at this point, I feel like yeah. Uh, Janelle, a st- another stock up for you. Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game. Attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium, cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, you know, if you're mad about Jordan Love's stock going up, I'm going to double down on probably pissing you off because I'm going to say the return of Kevin King and his play, I'm going to put his stock up because I thought he, you know, everybody's going to fixate on that one interception, which in my opinion, I think that's still a tough ball to catch. It's not like it was right in his chest. You know, he still had to make the diving play and at full speed, I'm sure that's not easy. And, you know, if it was Savage or Amos, you guys probably would have forgiven him by now. But aside from that one play, and it was, you know, a three-point swing, I think, by the end of it all, which not too bad considering everything that special teams gave up. But I just think that he played really well. You know, he was really involved in the plays. He was making good tackles. He was present. And, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, balls get thrown and Kevin King is nowhere to be found or he's Mm -hmm. way off. He's not even in the screen. So I think that he, you know, I saw some people getting upset, of course, because Kevin King's just one of those guys who's hard to love, I guess, for some people. But Zach Cruz put out a tweet this morning saying that he was the highest graded defensive player against the Chiefs per PFF. He gave up only 21 receiving yards on six targets. So I I don't understand how I could not praise him for that kind of play. I think it was especially, you know, it was really important to have him back because little did we know 
that Stokes yeah. got hurt in warmups. So having Kevin King come back in after missing three games and then being able to perform the way he did, I was really proud and impressed with him. That's a good one. I, I hadn't really thought about that, but the more you talk about it and the more you say it, like, yeah, he should because even go back to just go watch some of the plays that he had where it was clear they were getting him. Like there was a couple with Tyreek Hill on the on the boundary where it was basically the, the setup of the play is Tyreek Hill, go and make Kevin King miss and then go then go do something after that. And Kevin King contained. He contained he did exactly what you're supposed to do. Contain Tyreek Hill, slow him down, and let the reinforcements come to completely, you know, kill the play. He didn't need to make hero plays. He didn't need to do anything except what they asked of him to do. And like you said, that's exactly what they did. That interception, that would have been great. And that that is that is a legitimate knock because, you know, as as we someone said after that Bengals game with the Savage miss, where you know he could have he could have made that play. Those are the kind of plays that if you want to go from good to great, that you need to make kind of consistently. And he, right. like that that is something that we expect. But every other point that doesn't that doesn't take away from any of the other points that you made that he played an outstanding game overall, especially like you said, being cornerback one on short notice against. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they if they're having troubles or they're not the same offense. Those are still three Pro Bowl, arguably all pro talents playing together on an offense. And he played outstanding. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people are gonna fixate on that missed interception, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know. That's why he isn't a receiver. I so. won't. I won't be lying. I won't be lying. Is in, in the moment where I he, he makes he misses that interception. And I said, "Cue up a big play to, past Kevin King or towards or towards Kevin King." Because I'm like, that's how it always yep. goes down, you know. <laughs> and I think I think they noticed it because I think they I think even as I was saying that they like shaded a safety over to over top of him. <laughs> I'm like, all right, good. Let let take care of Kevin. Help him out a little bit. Help him recover. <laughs> right. All right, Dan. Who who did you have next for um, my other one? I I've got two that are like stand out. Have to have to be talked about. And I think they're the two most obvious. One on offense and one on defense. And I, I want to kind of combine them because I think that they stood out so much that there's really not much that we can like add to what everyone mm-hmm. else already saw to the, what they did on offense. It was AJ Dillon. It was the AJ Dillon yep. show and arguably should have been way, way more like he was the opener. He should have been the headliner on Sunday. Um, and I think I that would have how he only had what, like eight carries, but 12. it felt like he, he only had 12, carries. 12. but it yeah. felt like he, you know, like 20, which he probably right. should have in that game, considering he was steamrolling everybody. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, just doing doing everything that you want out of him, and he's you can see, you can see the growth this whole season. You've been able to see the way AJ Dillon has developed and grown into a player. He's running with more confidence. He's running with more vision. It feels like he's not doing just the typical run through, you know, the pile yeah, and get the other. He does he does that at times, but he also is able to find those those cutbacks a little bit easier. Like you can see that. And then on top of it too, coming in clutch with a couple of really difficult receptions, like helping, helping his quarterback and helping Jordan love out of some really tough situations with some clutch uh, receptions. Um, I I just don't know if there's much more you'd say with AJ Dillon. Right. Um, I do agree though with what you're saying. Yeah. The other one on defense uh, hats off to Chris, Barnes. Yep, he was on my list as well. <laughs> I figured, like that, like that, he might have been. He literally might have been the highlight of the entire game. The yeah, way which that is he saying played, a lot, considering how well that defense performed. Right, right. Like to come out, he's not even the highest graded player on on the defense. Like, just it was every every drive there was a huge play, and who's at the middle of it? Chris Barnes. He just he was so physical, and yeah. you know, just 
relentlessly not letting guys get past you know that that hit on like the one yard to prevent a touchdown it's just plays like that where he just really stood out and it's you know everybody's saying this is arguably his best game which I mean you're not wrong in saying that it was just you know I don't even know the statistics to it or anything I just know that he really stood out a lot on this defense and I think just yeah he was just making it wasn't even always big plays it was making the right plays at the right time and just being where he needed to be and being that physical presence and I you know just the way that this defense has been playing it seems like every week there's somebody who stands out even more and it was just really fun to see someone like Chris Barnes who we don't really hear his name a lot all of a sudden come out and have a big game involved you know for this defense to hold what should be a good Chiefs offense to 13 points and Chris Barnes kind of being at the realm of all that it was just it was phenomenal to watch yeah looking at the stats really quick he had seven tackles which was almost double the next the next closest uh Packers on the on the defense he he just like you said, I think you summed that perfectly. He didn't make the big plays. He made all the right plays. Mm-hmm. That out of a guy like Chris Barnes, that's what you're expecting, and that's what you want out of him. And that play to save the touchdown. I mean, that was a that was a a four point swing. He saved four points yep. by by making that kind of a tackle and making that kind of a play on a play where at this point of like the NFL, that's almost a one yard QB sneak you know, into the end zone, the way mm-hmm. that that play is usually designed. Like it's so hard to stop that play the way that it's read. He read it perfectly and executed perfectly. He he did everything correct. And I, I take back what I said. You were right. He, AJ Dillon did have eight rushes. Joe Aaron Jones was the one with, uh, with 12. Okay. I so. didn't know if maybe I was mixing up cause he had eight carries four receptions. So 12 total touches, but mm. yeah, I mean, still just, that's not enough run game not at all well so that's disappointing but yeah we can we can talk about a little bit of that and stock down <laughs> yeah because there's a lot to discuss or break down yeah out, which out I, I only have two more i think just kind of kind of similar to you where i Go just need it. to mention them but there's not really much to say my first being josiah Deguara. yeah i know he only had two receptions for 16 yards but you know, this is the first game, which it's it feels like a lifetime ago that Tunyon went down, but this is the first game without Tunyon kind of in there as tight end one. So it's nice to see DeGuara getting a couple of receptions, kind of getting in the mix of things, because at this point you kind of have to wonder, is he going to be the one that steps up in his absence? Which, you know, it seems like all the tight ends on this roster are very different in the way that they play. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how they involve Deguara more. But I do kind of think he's going to start to see more and more touches with Tunyon being out. And it was kind of just fun to see, you know, Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, and Josiah Deguara all sharing the field together, you know, one, two, three in that 2020 draft class. So Deguara, I think his stock goes up a little bit for me just in the sense that I think he – he will start to be more involved and it I was surprised actually to see he only had two receptions because it felt like he was more involved in that but I'm assuming that we'll see more and more of him as time goes on and then my other one I just have to tip my hat to Joe Barry with this defense yeah. you know just kind of collectively the defense as a whole you know he wasn't there last week and whatever they schemed up worked enough to hold the Cardinals to was it 20, 21 points? I can't even remember exactly off the top of my head, but either way. And then holding this Chiefs offense to 13 points when they were also being put into really difficult positions by their special teams and stuff like that. So it's just they, the defense, they look better and better every week. And there were so many people after week one calling for Joe Barry's job. And here we are with a top five defense missing by the end of that game you're missing Zadarius Jair you lose Stokes and you lose Kenny and they're still able to hold off so whatever he's doing is working and these guys are also performing really well so just Joe Barry the entire defense 
just you know it's not broke don't fix it <laughs> I, right it, it's it's weird to watch a game and out of all three the defense be the best <laughs> it's, it's very strange for Packers fans but it's also really fun because it kept that game close and it still gave the Packers a chance to stay in it and it kind of makes it a more bearable loss in that sense so yeah, yeah Joe Barry love what he's doing with the players that he has and who he's missing he is able to figure things out and work things out so yeah I mean the defense thank you for <laughs> making yeah. that a, a more watchable game than what it could have been because I mean my gosh they you know the def or the offense not giving him much time to rest and still being able to go out and perform it it's been a lot of fun having a defense that you can rely on yeah and Zach Cruz on Twitter uh posted this and I thought this was an amazing stat Patrick Mahomes has attempted at least 37 passes in a game 29 times, including on Sunday. His 166 passing yards against the Packers were the lowest of his career in a game with at least 37 passes. His previous low, 254. This was the lowest yards per attempt of his career at 4.49 on Sunday. That has that again, like you said, that that right there, I think, sums up the entire season for Joe Barry so far. He has been able to put all of the guys in the right place to succeed, and it's working perfectly so far. It really is. Yeah. All right. All, all the right. fun talk is over now. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the we usually bad do time. this the other way. I know, but we, see, just, that's... we wanted to talk about Jordan Love, so now we're right. punishing ourselves by finishing on the negative side. Yeah, and um, all right, let's let's just get it out of the way. The, the yeah. biggest stock down special teams. I really didn't know a special oh team stock could get much lower for the Packers, but here we are. Like this it's is... like that that like breaking where it was like the stock is so far down that it's breaking it goes through, through the, thing. the <laughs> yeah. axis. And it's <laughs> like, like we were like the Bengals game. We were at like black uh, black Friday, <laughs> you know, where people are jumping out of buildings because the stock market is so low. Right. And now we it found a way to go <laughs> lower. Like what the absolute heck is going on and it's like i i hate when i have to say negative things about mason crosby because he's like my my golden boy my can do no wrong which it's like you know you also have to bring up the laces though it's like what's going on is it the the new long snapper in right. kind of creating those problems like why isn't uh Bahorquez tilting it the right way you know it's like those little things and that seem to kind of frustrate crosby so it's like here's me I'm gonna say I'm defending Crosby I'm sure but you know it's just like those little things that aren't going right that can make it hard for him to do his job but then also just like getting blocked which my gosh I went and I think I saw oh. saw the replay I think it was was it Lancaster yeah just not even Two putting guys. a body on a guy just letting him walk right through it's it's frustrating when you know I get Mason Crosby hasn't had his best year, but there's also things around him that just aren't going right that make it hard for him to perform. And it's like the it's the entire the entirety of special teams, yeah, is just falling apart well, right now. Where it's like, then, I mean, go to the go to punt coverage. Oh gosh, <laughs> I mean that just how first off, just how unlucky of a, I understand like. You you have to be you have to be putting yourself in that situation to even have it happen. But just how if he is if his foot is literally a half size smaller, that that doesn't happen, you know, I, and that ends up in three points because of that. Like it's, I don't even know how Malik Taylor fell. I don't even know if I ever actually <laughs> went back and saw how he ended up on the ground because I was so focused on Amari. And all of a sudden you look over and Taylor's sliding Malik. on the ground and this ball just magically touches him because why have any luck on special teams? Like this is just, you know, how, how's the saying go? If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Exactly. That's special teams. <laughs> Malik Taylor at times, like I remember the Kevin Hart special where he talked, he had LeBron and Shaq in the building. And he <laughs> talks about how Shaq like always just kind of like 
falls down really slowly at weird times. <laughs> it's like Malik Taylor does that sometimes. He's he is a fairly decent uh, special teams player overall. Yeah. He's one of the better ones that we have. But there are just times where like it's all of a sudden he just kind of comes out of nowhere and he's like falling into the middle of the play like like you know like so it's like someone's like set up this this card house and everyone's like okay don't touch it and then Malik Taylor just kind of like falls through out of nowhere at times <laughs> you know and just that and you know the Mason Crosby and the field goals and it's like we don't like if we're not going to expect the best out of Jordan Love if there's pressure in his face all the time how do you expect Mason Crosby to be kicking at his best when he's like at any point there could be a 280 pound person right in my lap because I don't trust the people in front of me to block a single thing at this point, you know? Right. Which up and like you watch almost every field goal or extra point that Crosby's going out there and kicking that right side has been horrible all year long. And then you throw Lancaster out there and he doesn't even touch a guy just lets him right through. And then, you know, that's gotta be really frustrating as a kicker. And that's gotta be one of those things that's kind of, in the back of your mind, like, okay, I know that I'm not getting the protection I need on this side. And, you know, then I like the wasn't punting as well. It seemed like, you know, he's only kicking yeah. 50 yards instead of 60 yards, which I mean, <laughs> what a problem to have after right. everything we've been through. But I mean, but he's dealing just, with the long snapper problems too. Yeah. You know? Which no. I think it's really strange. The whole long snapper switch. <sighs> I don't, I don't know if I ever saw a reason why. I have they, no explanation. They decided to leave Hunter Bradley and pick up Wartell or however it is you say his name. So it's, it just is an odd thing to do when, especially when your special teams is already kind of struggling to right. go in there and put it like, I don't think it was ever the long snapper that was the problem. So for right. that to be the one piece you're going to try and change is really strange to me. And then also, you know, it, it sucks with the punts and the kicks where it's like, if you don't catch it, it ends up in like the five yard, like within like pushing them all the way back and Jordan Love has to stand in the end zone. But then if you try and catch it, you don't catch it. And then yeah. it's so it's, it's frustrating, you know, cause Amari Rogers has all this potential and I don't know if it's just, it's in his head at this point. And it sounds like I I read LaFleur told Drayton to take Rogers out. And he kind of said, no, we got to keep him in for the mental side of things. So it's kind of just one of those, I don't know. I I, I feel like, I don't know is the only I, thing I have yeah. to say. I just, it's just, it's this giant question mark. And I, they should have just thrown Cobb out there to try and do something or just don't put anybody back there because right, just sell out, point, sell out every time. <laughs> just if, if you're not, if you're going to wave it off and let it bounce around and it's going to take a good bounce every time, because that's just the way it was going. Why even put a body back there? Hey, that I I've been saying now at this point, the special teams are so bad. You need to be doing some weird, different things for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at this point, everyone knows that if you're playing Green Bay and they go to line up for a field goal, bring the house because they're right. not going to be able to stop it. Well, why not instead play into that? Lean into that. Run a little fake. Run, do do something. Like figure out something to do. If nothing else, it shows the it shows the special teams and everybody else that like we're not giving up on each other. We're not going to keep running into a brick wall. We're going to have a little fun with stuff. Who knows? Like, who knows what happens? Maybe it, it, it like solidifies the team. It does something. I don't know. Like, but to keep coming out and saying like, well, we can't block anybody on field goal attempts, but gosh, darn it. We're going to go out and keep trying to try our <laughs> best to do it. You know, like you've got to find something else to do. At this I point. say instead of having, Horquez holding it. Jordan Love holds every every kick, and then as soon I mean, as he sees that guy coming, he gets up, he throws it. When did when did that change in the NFL? Remember, like for like a long time, at least I remember, like your backup quarterback always held kicks. Which I mean, I know my dad has said that to me multiple times, and I don't remember that because I didn't, you know, watch football early enough in my life to remember a time like that. But it makes the most sense. Because if 
God forbid something goes wrong, which it always does because this is Packers special team. Right. Why not try and make something out of nothing? So yeah. maybe maybe experiment a little with Jordan Love holding some kicks or whatever. Just do something different because I don't. Or Blake Bortles. Let's start having. Let's yeah, keep it, Blake Bortles. Well, everybody who wants Blake Bortles out there, fine. He can shine there. Yeah. <laughs> or and activate on... activate my boy Benkert off the practice squad and, and there, have him go out there and hold it. There it is. And Benkert. Start Which having he, him gun on punts. Maybe we should. Yeah, he obviously is a do-it-all man, and we've seen him punting. We've seen him kicking, throwing. Some maybe he's the answer. Maybe I'm the ready answer to, get to weird, all your man. problems is sitting there on the practice squad waiting for his chance. <laughs> I'm I am ready to get weird with special teams, and if Kurt Benkert is the answer, I am. Can he, can 100% he return? In. Can he return? I you. You seem to have a better relationship with him. I, I think him. at this point, anybody would be better than what's happening. So I... <laughs> give him a chance. I'm sure he'll do great. And... People are ready to sign Deshaun Jackson just to fair catch kicks at this point. Let's this have, is let's why throw Kurt out there. It's like one of those things where it's like when Cordell Patterson was available, why did we not maybe uh... put a hat in the ring? and? <laughs> You know, something that it's been a problem for so many years, and I don't know. Yeah. Again, with the I don't know, is I just <laughs> it's, it's yeah. so frustrating to the point where I don't even understand what what you can do. You know, you bring in the new coach, and then shit's just weird. I don't yeah. understand what it is where even when the offense is good, the defense is good, and special teams is just always so bad. Maybe this is our you know the Vikings have bad kickers. The Bears have bad quarterbacks. The Lions are just bad. And the Packers, <laughs> the, Lions have, are Lions. <laughs> the Packers are cursed with bad special teams. Maybe that's just our our voodoo in the NFC North. Yeah, I, I guess everyone can't be perfect all the time. Yeah. Um the other uh my other one for special teams, I think um I I don't know, or not not for special teams, excuse me, but for stock down here. Um, which maybe we just nicknamed that that's now it's stock up in special teams because special teams will always exactly. be stocked down. Um, I, I have to go with the interior. Well, really, I think maybe the whole offensive line, but really the interior and even mm-hmm. more really Royce Newman mm-hmm. because Royce Newman picked a hell of a game to have a bad game to have a hell of a game to have a hell of a game <laughs> and not in the great not in the nope. great like you know chip dip kind of hell of a good like this is bad no like no good very bad day for Royce Newman um like there like going back if you watch that video from the QB school um I, it just wasn't Royce Newman everyone up and down the offensive line did not have any idea of what was going on, what protections were, who had who. They're bringing a lot of pressure, which I understand you probably don't see a lot or work with a lot because you're not seeing that a lot with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, like, you got to get bodies on guys. And there were times where, like you said, they were coming through so fast that it looked like they were offsides because they weren't getting touched at all. So, yeah. I understand that it's a piecemeal offensive line and we've, we've congratulated the offensive line when they played well. The thing is they played well with Aaron Rodgers, who makes everybody look that much better. He covers up a lot of weaknesses and it's hard to win games with the offensive line built as it is. They do it because Aaron Rodgers is so good in this offense that it, it takes a lot of that pressure off when Teams don't have to worry about the threat of an Aaron Rodgers and realize they can just tee off on a beat up offensive line. That's when you get Sunday. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's frustrating because you kind of wonder if the offense was playing, if the the offensive line was playing that bad with Rodgers there, he probably would have had some words to say because he's very vocal with that offensive line and he lets them know when they're not doing their jobs and you kind of wonder Jordan love probably doesn't feel like he can kind of say the things that Aaron Rodgers says when things aren't going the way he needs. And he's just kind of taking it for what it is. And this is just me making assumptions. Obviously I don't know exactly what's happening out there on the field and the conversations that they're having, but yeah, it just, 
this offensive line has looked so good all year, fighting the adversity of guys going down and still no Bakhtiari. And all of a sudden they looked horrendous. And that's that makes it really, really tough on a quarterback who has never played an NFL game before. So, yeah, it's just – it was frustrating because that, that offensive line is so much better than how they looked. And if they would have played better, you could see – when they were giving Jordan Love the protection that he needed, plays were able to develop and, you know, things are clicking and they're actually moving the ball. But when that offensive line collapsed, which was most of the time, it was bad and it was tough. And, you know, plays can't develop when your quarterback has half a second to make a decision on a play. So, yeah, I I hope that things going into next week are a lot better. We still are kind of on our heels waiting for some Bakhtiari news, but that would be huge because then maybe you can, you know, move Elton Jenkins to center for all I care and then maybe Patrick uh, interior. And it's just, you can have a little bit more flexibility having your two best linemen out there. And I, I don't know, it was just, it was so frustrating to see the collapse of that offensive line. And it, it mostly was that interior, but Billy Turner was getting abused a lot too, I saw. So I just, I don't know, maybe you got to throw Big Dog in there as kind of like the sixth lineman every once in a while and just kind of see if that helps, if he can chip somebody on the edge. And so that kind of opens opportunity for the interior to block a little bit better because there was times where, you know, Patrick makes a decision and then there's another guy waiting and he goes untouched, you know, straight shot to Jordan Love. And that's that's really tough. So I don't know what they're going to have to do to fix that. If, you know, obviously they'll see it all on tape this week, but yeah, my gosh, I just, I could not believe what I was seeing. And I felt so bad for Jordan Love because he, yeah, yeah if it, if that's Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure they're not, <laughs> you know, obviously not pressuring him that much. And maybe the offensive line, they're just not used to seeing that much pressure and it was just overwhelming for them. But now, you know, if you have Jordan Love, against the Seahawks you're going to have to expect a lot of pressure again because obviously they're going to look at Kansas City or, yeah Kansas City and be like oh well all this pressure worked for them maybe that's what we'll do so I don't know they just it, it should have been better but you also have to consider I they have not seen that aggressive of pressure right because given the quarterback situation so and that's yeah. kind of where my and my I, stock down in Matt LaFleur comes where thank you. Yep. moving away from the run game again, you know, it's working. The pressure of, you know, the offensive line is collapsing. Jordan Love not having enough time to get a playoff in the air. And A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are having a really, really good day. Why, why did you stick with the former and not the latter? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and again, against one of the worst, it might have been the statistically worst running defense in the league so far. Like mm-hmm. it was, it's, it's bottom four. And to to go away from it, and like like you were saying with the protections and everything else, like the scheme was very clearly not set up to favor a guy like Jordan Love making his first NFL start. Yeah, I think a I think part of that comes with. You had a short week. It's hard to implement a completely new offensive scheme set up already in just a couple of days, especially only one day with Devontae Adams out there playing in, you know, in the offense. I think if Jordan Love starts on Sunday, that is going to be this is going to be the biggest test for Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. If they mm-hmm. were able to pull it off this week. It's it's kind of again like what we're talking about now, like ooh, like we kind of we escaped that. That was you know we 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 got through it, we made it, guys. But now you have another game coming up at home, potentially with Bakhtiari coming back, and a full week of practice as the starter. If right. you have the same issues of scheme not being set up to work in Jordan Love's favor, and also for Jordan Love. If we see, you know, bad mistakes or, you know, similar similar things crop up again this Sunday, that's when I think a little bit more of the criticism comes in at. 
because th- this week it was hard to say because you know all of a sudden the 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 rate the Chiefs can just say hey let throw this out we're just going to blitz him you know thirty times what are they going to do you know um, obviously not stop them <laughs> yeah but 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 like you said Matt Lafleur played into it a lot by having Jordan Love drop back to pass almost forty times against a Chiefs team that is one of the worst running defenses in the league and you have a guy like AJ Dillon tearing it up. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm with you on all of that. And I think, you know, Matt LaFleur coaching stock down, but I do think his stock goes up just in the way that he's been able to handle yeah. everything this week. That's so those are those are a little bit different for me. Just, you know, what he did on Sunday in that game is different than how I'm perceiving the way that he's been able to handle everything, you know, all the the storylines and the drama and whatnot that are being thrown his way. I think that he's been handling all that with a lot of poise and I respect him for that. I agree a lot. That that's huge because it's it's because now it's gonna be a distraction everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now. Like it doesn't just end once he comes back. You're gonna have signs, you're gonna have crowds, you're gonna have you gotta go on the road to the Vikings. You got to go on the road to Detroit. It's you're going to, you're going to be faced with a lot of that. It's never going to stop at all. Like this has become a distraction now the rest of the season, which maybe so, that's why they were trying to keep it under wraps a little bit so that it wasn't I, because they could see what was going on with, you know, Cole Beasley and Kirk Cousins and stuff like that. Maybe that's why they tried to keep it more. I, I guess, but I mean, like, <laughs> but I mean, how many, how many, how many, how many times has that been a story since those two came out and said their stuff at the beginning of the year? Right. It you has know, since the season started. Like, like doing it in the middle of the, having it happen, having it happen and come out in the middle of the year creates a huge, a much bigger distraction, especially the way that they were playing. It's um, just one of those, you know, we, we thought that it was over. We thought we were all going to have fun. And yeah. <laughs> like, the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it, everybody. And that's, it's also a huge bummer because this was supposed to be our mini buy. Right. And then all of a sudden it's a short yep. week. <laughs> I don't, it can't have nice things. <laughs> that's a, that's an excellent point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. We were all expecting the little, it's a little mini buy, a couple extra days. Everyone goes out to Halloween party and then bam, like John Wick out of the shadows. It's a short <laughs> week. Um, any other, any other ones that we've missed Janelle? Cause that's my list so far. Um, I think that kind of, yeah, I think we kind of hit the nail on the head it. with all of it. Yeah, I think so. There, there was, I think, I think it was really on both sides of the ball. There were some really big stock ups and some really big stock downs, but then a lot of in the middle. A lot too, of like barely you know? moving. <laughs> yeah, very, very middle of the road, kind of like a yeah. bell curve, exactly, uh, pretty much. So, all right, yeah, we've got. Well, hopefully, next time that we talk, what we're talking, um, we got. What, oh, uh, we could also uh, stock down in Russell Wilson just for that video. Yeah, my oh, gosh, dude, I mean, <laughs> God, oh my God, how um, how we made it through this whole thing without talking about that, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Russell Wilson always stocked down. Yeah, um, it's just a consistent. Every time you hear something about him, just assume right. his stock is going down. Yeah. Um. So the next time that we're gonna talk is after that Vikings game that I mentioned before. Um. I think that's a Sunday night game too, if I'm not mistaken. In uh, oh, I think it's a in US Bank. Oh no, it's uh, a one it, o'clock. It is a one o'clock. The, okay. The Bears game. The Bears, the Bears game, game will be that's the night the one game. That's eight o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So we'll be talking after that. Um. So we'll have a Seahawks game and Vikings game. Uh. You know, in the books already by that time to talk mm-hmm. about. So hopefully, hopefully we'll maybe by this time we'll actually get to, next time we'll talk about an Aaron Rodgers game. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, Janelle, do you want to let the people know where they can find you and anything you want to uh, promote this week? Yeah, so per usual, you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. I do have the link tree link in my bio for all my work. You can catch me every other Tuesday here on Packaday, of course, uh, every Wednesday night um, on Open Book on Game on Wisconsin. I do the Packers preview with Ross Uglum for Packer Report, as well as an article that comes out on Thursdays. I think that's it, but it's on the link tree. So <laughs> you can find it all there. I love that that's become like Todd and Jimmy do that now too. They're just like, 
Yeah, just go go over to Twitter. You'll find all the stuff yep. there. There's there's way too much to go into at this point now. Too many different <laughs> brands, too many different things. Yeah. <laughs> just it's all in one place. <laughs> um I am at uh I'm on Twitter at DK all the way. You can follow me over there. Um I do not have as much stuff, so I, I will list all the stuff that I have because it's literally just Wednesdays, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central on Lombardi's Bar and the Game On Wisconsin YouTube channel and social media channels as well. Uh, and then every Friday I have my article, The Leap, come out every Friday uh, for Game On Wisconsin. Um, really, I, I got a lot, a lot of really great feedback. I was really happy to hear my article last week on my thoughts about Aaron Rodgers. Um came through very well and it apparently reached a lot of people and, and uh, hit home a lot of people. So if you're interested, go back and, and check that out. I hope that you appreciate that work that we do there and all the other work that's out in the Packer Twitter sphere. Um, until we talk again, guys, two weeks from now, uh, make sure you're following us on, on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Follow the YouTube channel as well, the daily Packaday Podcast videos. I think Janelle and myself are both going to make some appearances in the next couple of weeks, filling in for Andy Herman a little bit. So check us out over there. Uh, but again, as always, stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Get the booster if you can, if you're healthy enough. Take care of yourself regardless. Until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.